I think it, it really honestly does start with culture. I know, I know that's a big buzzword where people are talking about culture, 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 but I uh-huh. think it's, and it starts at the top, right? Um, nobody wants that overbearing boss who's micromanaging, standing over your shoulder and saying, get this done, get this done, get this done with unrealistic time frames and somebody that doesn't understand. <laughs> All right, welcome everyone back to dissecting popular IT nerds, and today we have we have the vendor whisperer, the vendor whisperer on the line. I love this, Adam Morton. I would say senior network manager, senior meaning a big deal, at CKE Restaurants Incorporated, and you give the rundown of what mastery of what a master list of, um, I would call fine dining. And I'm really not being sarcastic here because if you knew where I took my wife out last night, I was like, this is fine dining tonight. We were at the mall in the food court last night. So, but there's a place for everything. What is the CKE restaurants? Give me the rundown because it is an amazing list. So CKE restaurants, we own Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our, our parent, our parent company, Work Capital, owns a plethora of quick serve restaurants and and franchise businesses in general. Uh, just some of the the highlights are Arby's, Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins. Mm. Uh, into the casual dining, we have Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, Rourke also owns Sonic and a bunch of other ones that I'm forgetting. Forgive me. All, all near and dear to my heart. I'm such a roller coaster, and people know. Like I, I am somewhat of a health. I would like to call myself a, a health nut, you know. And I bounce back and forth between like carnivore diet and keto, and then it just takes one. It just takes one faltering for me, and then it's like way off the deep end for at least a month, you know. Last night it was let's see a double cheeseburger with and then like a chicken club on top of that with cheese fries it was just it was bad it it just i fell off the deep end so anyways but um i'm not trying to i'm not trying to disparage the brand whatsoever believe me it's it's quite the opposite (laughs) so uh don't get me wrong but the um you so so network manager but what is that that could be how many stores are you in charge of i mean it's got to be quite a plethora Right. So we corporately support about 800 restaurants uh, domestically. Uh-huh. Okay. And then the rest of them, they support themselves. We have a little bit different of a, of a support model than most franchise mm-hmm. uh, businesses do. Okay. We don't require our franchisees to be supported by us, but they can. Right. So if they really are into like technology and managing their own technology, they can do that on their own? Is what you're saying? Correct. We. Yes, we have some franchisees who have, you know, two, three hundred restaurants and they have their own IT staff. It's more economical for them to do it. But when we look at the, you know, the, the bulk of our franchisees who own yeah. one to five restaurants, it doesn't really make much sense for them to have full time IT people. And are you, so guys doing, are you guys doing reporting for them, providing um, software, all that? Type? Are you guys a menu link company? What, what do you guys use for uh, for, um, you know, counting food at the end of the night and stuff like that? Our back office, we use a system called Crunch Time. Okay. And that integrates with our Parbrink POS system. Okay, okay. The I, I only know a little bit. I only I was only in restaurants two decades ago, and it was Starbucks, Fazoli's, which you have heard of. We called that fast. What did we call that? Fast casual, because we had a drive-through. Yep. Yeah, we had a drive-through, but you could still 
order food and, and get a number and pick it up inside the restaurant. And it was really everyone right. wanted unlimited breadsticks and garlic butter, which was amazing thinking about that now. Probably should have ate before before I got on the show. So they call you the vendor whisperer. Why? Sometimes you have to keep your vendors in line and hold them accountable. Um, you know, mm. I, it, it's a big part of my job because we, we're paying – we, we have a couple of vendors that actually do our level one, level two support at the restaurant level. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to have a big, a big knot corporately. And you, you have to have, you have to hold them accountable. Um, you have to, you know, trust, but verify. Like I say, I, I like to oh, wear a, a belt that's... and suspenders to hold my pants up. Yes. Yes. That is trust, but verify. The last time I heard that was from a Burger King guy, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and when, when I was at Starbucks and he moved to Starbucks and, uh, it was trust, but verify. It's not that. Yes. Anyways. Anyone that knows that saying knows what it means. It's definitely right. The okay, so keep going. So you have we what we would say like outsourced help desk, MSP, something like that for like what level one tickets and stuff like that. Level one, level two. So if, if the internet connection goes down or an, mm-hmm. an AP or switch goes down, they're the ones calling the restaurant and trying to do the first line troubleshooting. Yeah. And then if they determine that the device is bad, then they'll they'll start their RMA process. Or if they mm-hmm. d- determine that the internet is a carrier issue, they'll actually call the carrier and work with the carrier to get things resolved. Mm. So back to the, the vendor whispering and, and keeping them in line. And, and you fall... This, I mean, this is really what I do for a day job anyways. Um, I've, I've been in, I guess you would call it carrier agnostic uh, vendor advisorship role slash CSP on steroids for like the last, you know, two decades. And that's kind of what I do as a day job. And that's really entirely what I do is, is keep vendors in line, uh, make sure that we... I don't know if say pitting them against each other is really the right word. That's not it because they, because we all know how to play in the same sandbox, so to speak. Nowadays, most vendors know, you know, don't come with this type of pricing. Don't come with auto renewals in your contracts. Don't come with um, the non chronic outage addendum on your ninety nine five nine SLA, which we all know is. I was laughing about that earlier with someone else. Like, but they said they have five nines. I was like, if they don't have five nines. And they have, if they're even off by like an eight or if they're like, like four nines and an eight, that's really, really bad. You realize that, right? Because there's so many circuits all over the world and they're averaging it all together and saying, here's our downtime. So to speak like that. Did I just ramble for too long? (laughs) No, you did not. (laughs) Okay. So as, so as the vendors that you have and and any uh, best practices on, on keeping vendors in check. Trusting. You have to have systems in Right. I mean, we would like to think that we can just hand it off to them and, and they're in trust that they're monitoring everything, keeping everything up, up as they should. But, you know, f- one thing that we do is we do our own monitoring, right? We mm. have our own internal monitoring tools and we mm. can say, hey, you know, why is this circuit? We're showing this circuit has been down for you know, 10, 20, 30 days. You don't have a ticket open. Why is that? Right. Mm. Um, and so that brings us into automation, which is near and dear to my heart um, mm. because I don't have time to manually do all this stuff. Mm. So we have in-house automation tools that I wrote to, to check that stuff and, and, and ha- keep the counters going and, and basically say, okay, this isn't, you don't even have a ticket over for this. Why, or why has this been down for so long? And mm. you know, what's the problem here? And, and oftentimes, or not oftentimes, sometimes what we'll see is that, you know, they've called the restaurant and nobody's willing to help them out or they've tried and tried and tried. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that, you know, that's fine, but you need to let us know so we can step in and help you. But mm. again, you just have to 
to keep them accountable. And, you know, you, you never put all your eggs in one basket, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you always need to have options. So uh, as a, a boss of mine once told me, you know, you, you may get a quote or you, you, you may, it may never come to bear, but at least you have, at least you have leverage. Um, yes. Many thoughts going through my mind. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you was just general, you mentioned circuits and, and circuits going down and you've got, you know, whatever, 800 plus locations. So I'm assuming you have backup internet or tertiary secondary backup internet. Yes, we, uh, okay. well, where, where it's feasible, we have a primary, uh, terrestrial okay. broadband and then we have the LTE backup. Gotcha. Um, some kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, SD WAN, uh, bandwidth aggregation type of device on site, or are you guys doing your own kind of firewall thing or what are you doing? Uh, we're full stack Meraki. Okay. So I like to call that SD WAN light. I did a show, uh, I don't know, like six months ago, it was called Meraki. I hate you because it was of course for all Meraki people that love Meraki, but it was like, why do I hate you? <laughs> um, right. the, which is great. Um, okay. So we've got LTE backup. That makes sense. Now, when you say a circuits down, are you saying like the primary circuit was down or at a, at a, at a restaurant and what were they running off of LTE and it was 30 days and no one noticed. And how are we getting that managing monitoring alerts on a circuit? Just curious. Right. Yes. So that, that was, that has been the case several times. Um, and oh, one of our vendors was not doing a, a good job at, at managing the circuits. They were relying on, uh, relying on the Meraki alerts that come from the Meraki dashboard. That's just a horrible way to, to <laughs> monitor circuits. So we have since, they have since found a better way via the API to monitor that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it was just, uh, they, not real sure what is going through their heads there, but that's what was happening. Well, sometimes, and, like sometimes with, uh, we find with, you know, especially MSPs that manage a lot of Meragis, a lot. That That's actually particularly what the episode was actually about, was was large MSPs that are, that manage tons of Meragi endpoints and how difficult that can be, even if you have to like, you know, push a change out across the entire environment. Um, so, but the thing is, is that MSPs can get maybe, um, complacent on a day to day basis used to, you know, the, the check, the, the bills getting paid every month. And like you said, maybe this is the metaphor when my son was writing, a a little lawn mowing letter to the neighborhood, which is the first cut or the hundredth cut, the hundredth cut will be as good as the first cut. Does that make sense? Yes, as it should be. And maybe that's where some of our, our vendors, that's where the trust, but verify comes into place, which is how do we keep people, um, accountable or even right. just performing at the level that they're supposed to be performing at. Right. So vendor whisperer, uh, you said you do a lot with telecom. You're wearing a Cisco headset. You got that for free. What do we, how many phones do we, I can't imagine the restaurants having that many phones anymore. I mean, I remember the phone in the back room when I was, you know, in the back room at the manager's desk and like, maybe there was one up front and that was back. And that was a long time ago. That was back when phones land landlines were still important. 
Right. So today, uh, landlines are in, in, in our business. They're not as important as they used to be, although they're they're about to get important again due to um, online ordering. And if you order through our website uh-huh. uh, and, you, and you get it delivered, if you have a problem, you don't call DoorDash or you don't call mm-hmm. Uber Eats. You have to call mm-hmm. the restaurant. So it's kind of coming full circle where, where mm-hmm. it is important. Uh, we just had a big project. We, we got rid of all of our landlines and went to a, a VoIP-based solution. So each restaurant has uh, one phone or one one phone line, uh, one phone base, and two cordless handsets. Mm, I'd like to take a guess. You think I could guess like Rumpelstiltskin within three guesses who you went with? I wonder. Next Tiva. Next Tiva. Nope. Uh, nope. Um, let's see. You don't need. You have no need. Do you have need for video conferencing or anything like that in the stores? Does anyone do anything like that? No, but we went with the same system for our corporate office and our restaurants. Ooh, how big is the corporate office? Uh, we have about 800 users in the corporate, in the, in the corporate office, 800. Wow. Um, oh man. And well, you wouldn't do teams for a store. So it's gotta be ring central or zoom. Yep. Ring central. Oh, I'm good. See, yeah. would have gotten it. Um, they'll take it and fully rolled out. Did you guys just roll that out or is it all, all yep, done? We, Yep, we finished the rollout uh, November of last year. Super, I like Ring Central. For yeah, it was good. I mean, we 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 POC'd a bunch of, of vendors. Uh, Zoom at the time, Zoom was very infant in their infant stage of. With they're the still infant. They're still infant. Yeah, their, their phone offering just wasn't where we needed it to be at the time, so we uh, we decided to go with Ring Central. The, the Zoom piece is good. Infant on the on the maybe the rolling out of the phones is it, they're, they're getting there they're getting there I, we all know why they did it the big breakup yeah the big breakup between them and ring central yep We're, i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about that they're both huge massive uh uh ma- massive vendors of mine so i love them both i love you both of you guys and uh half of my old colleagues all have you know i, I came from a telecom background for years in telecom so and most of them went to so many of them went to are at ring central now or comcast or any of the other we call them usual suspects right okay um was there any vendor whispering when it came to ring central <laughs> um not really i'll be honest with you they 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 did a really good job because we had them pro- you know PM project manage all the yep. the porting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to be honest, I was really impressed. Uh, they gave us a very, well, we gave them a very aggressive timeline uh-huh. and I'm back in my head. I'm like, there's no way they're going to meet this timeline. Well, <laughs> Meanwhile, sales reps like, what's it going to take uh, to earn right. your business today? And you're like, well, I need this rolled out in 30 days. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was it was about 45 to be honest they, uh, <laughs> You're like, he's like hold on one second let me make a phone call oh uh, yeah it's approved right. uh we got it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, of no. course there were like one or two one or two mom and pop stragglers to get ported out but yeah, for the most part they i mean they killed it so yeah um, no if they have to and they've got a really good what most people don't the people that don't like ring central are typically Maybe a small business owner or someone that's just under the cusp where they're kind of really managing it on their own and they aren't getting really the special support and the special help that they would get, the enterprise level support. Um, uh, but when you when you hit that next tier, they really roll out the red carpet for you and, and do a good job. Well, it wasn't free, nor was it cheap. So we no. we did pay for it. <laughs> no, no, no. You're paying for sure. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. The, uh, remember Paytac? Did you ever do you remember a company called Paytac back in the day? I do not. They took Paytac became, I think, 
Windstream? Did they become Windstream? I think Paydeck and everyone Windstream. But the big joke was like, you're going to pay. It's in the name of the company, Paytech, <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, which is good. Uh, so talk to me in general, The as, as IT leader, how did you get started out in IT? What was, uh, let's do this. What, what was your first computer? Uh, my first computer was an 8088. Uh, it didn't even have a name on it. Um, so the way I got started, my, my mother uh, worked at an H&R Block when I was young, or still does actually, when I was younger. Uh-huh. And the owner had a computer shop in the back. And so during the <laughs> summertime, you know, they only work two days a week. So I would just go to work with her instead of going to a babysitter. And he said, well, if you're going to be here, I'm going to teach you something. Cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. And so, you know, this was back in He's like, load 80s, windows on, load windows into this machine. Here's uh, 30 discs. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> MS-DOS. We started with MS-DOS. Even better. Even better. Two, yeah. 2.0. MS, M- MS-DOS, yep. And so... Uh, so that's kind of where I got my start and uh, just building, you know, back then there was no, uh, eight, there was no Dell. There was no, you, you had to know somebody to get the parts and put them together. Mm-hmm. There was no internet e- either. So, you know, I, I lived in North Georgia. We would order our stuff out of Atlanta and get shipped mm-hmm. up to us. We put the mm-hmm. stuff together and all, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then from there, that was I, the fun day. The, that was really the fun time, like ordering stuff, right? putting computers together it's, you know, you skipped over that we didn't have internet back then. It's, it still amazes me. It still it's, amazes yeah, no me. Internet. Like I had computers yeah, for I, years with no internet. Just no internet. Right. I, I vividly remember the first time I saw a CD-ROM. Uh, this doctor in town had bought it, and it was a couple hundred dollars just mm. for the, or I think it was about $800 just for the CD-ROM. Read only. And there was, yep, read <laughs> yeah. only. Yeah. And we had this, uh, this disc, and I remember it was showing, it was, talking about how the heart worked and it showed this heart beating, this animation of a heart beating. Yeah. And we thought that was so cool. And I yeah. was like, yeah, well, how far have we come since then? Fourth grade. <laughs> I remember fourth grade. Uh, yeah. Jim Sims, he had the catalog. He was cool enough to like, his parents were like, you know, like they are nerdy enough. They got it. My dad was a doctor. So we had a computer, but it wasn't as like, mine was a f- Apple IIc. No, our first was Texas Instruments, Texas Instruments. Then it was Apple IIc. Um, right. Pong. We had Pong before that. You wouldn't really call that a computer, <laughs> but it's unforget- yeah. unforgettable. You know, when you right. have to attach something with a screwdriver to a TV, it's um, yeah. That's it's. We've just come so far. So okay, so CD-ROM. I just remember Mist for some reason. It just seemed like that was the game that came with Gateway and all the CD-ROMs for a while, right? You know, for that in the during the early '90s or mid '90s, I guess. No, early '90s. So, anyways, yeah, in the back of the shop, he's having you load DOS. What did he teach you? And this is the computer shop owner? So th- this was the owner of the H&R Block who just mm-hmm. happened to have a computer shop in, in the back of the H&R Block. Was it a um, computer shop, like another store, like a retail type store? Or he just had a, like a, no, like no, a no, shop? No, it was just the, the, okay. the back area where we would okay. put things together and people would bring their stuff in to get it fixed. So, uh, yeah, we were just, he, he taught me what a motherboard was, what a CPU was, memory, case, power supply, all that, um, how to put mm-hmm. it all together, how to hook, hook all the you know, the IDE cables up and, and, and all that kind of stuff. There's no, you know, zero ATA or anything like that. No solid state back then. Um, so just basically here's a computer. Here's how you assemble it. Here's how you, back then you had to do F disc and mm. then you would, then you would load the operating system on there. And, um, you know, we would load whatever programs on there that the, the customer needed. He, mm. he, he did a lot of computers for the H and R blocks in the surrounding area. So we would load the tax software on there, mm. uh, get the server ready. And this was back when, there was no 
uh, Ethernet cable. It was all well. It was Ethernet. It was the um, the uh, coax cable, right? Yeah. And it would go down. You go down the line, and if the computer in the middle went down, the whole whole segment <laughs> went down. So <laughs> it's like literally hubs, like when hubs. Um, yeah. Think it's it's quite mind blowing to to really think about. It. Do you think that people growing up in technology now really understand the how a computer works like kind of in depth or are they just kind of like we're just going to start off from at the top up here and just you know not really like do you think there's a, a deep appreciation for like the history of computers and, and how it works no like, i think it's more of a i'm going to get this thing i'm going to turn it on and i expect it to work i don't really care how it works or what it took to get here or how how good we have it today, you know. It's like you see you see the the memes on, on the internet all the time of you know, kids today, and it will never know the pain of dial up or blah blah blah, right? <laughs> or the long telephone cord, the lo- just the yes. long cord from the yep. phone, from the rotary dial phone, like yep, uh, exactly. When we were cleaning out my dad's house, there was all kinds of the the old four prong, like the way you plugged the phone in was like literally four prongs. It wasn't an RJ eleven right. like like a little plastic thing. Okay. Right. So at that point, were you like, I'm just going to do, no one actually knew that you could do computers for a living back then. Well, I guess you could, if it was H and R block and you're putting computers together and fixing things and selling stuff, then it was real back then. It was more of a, and you're in retail now. So now that makes complete sense. But how did you progress? Uh, So I did that through, um, through high school. And then I went, went off to college um, the first time. uh, And I, when I, I moved down to Atlanta to go to school and then I got a help desk job at uh, Georgia Pacific. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, any, anybody getting, getting into it young in their career, I would highly recommend starting at the help desk so you can figure out kind of what's going on there. It, it really helped me a lot to know the ins and outs of the computer and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, How? I thought, well, I want to be, a- what do you, what do you remember failing at? Cause sometimes I have to do something for my business. Like I had to migrate, I don't know, uh, some like G suite accounts the other day, like to a whole new domain. And I had to, and I forget how painful it is to do MX records and like, and, but I'm using Cloudflare and I've, Oh, I forgot to change something here. And why is this not working? Oh, and I forgot to delete this email alias over here. And it's like a nightmare for someone like me, but is that the type of experience you get from a help desk job or like what, what would it be? Like, do you remember any moment where you were completely just did not know anything, but you learned something? Not specifically. I was more of like a desk side support, not, a, not on the phone help desk type person. Uh-huh. Um, but, for the, but really it, it helped me because, you know, down the road, anything in it has to do with a computer, whether you're, you're in networking, whether you're a sysadmin, whether you're a DBA, whether you're a, uh-huh. a, a programmer or what have you. So uh-huh. it, it's good to know the fundamentals of the computer in general. And it, you, you get that when you're on that, you know, level two, level three support for, you know, desktop, desktop support for any company. Um, you know, it, it just baffles me that I'm talking to, to DBAs and I'm like, Hey, what's your IP address? And they say, well, what's an IP address? <laughs> Come on. Myself, how do you, or, what you know, what's the IP address on your computer? And they're like, well, how do I find that? And I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, how do you not, mm. you know? So I think mm. everybody, you know, if, if you're going to get into IT, I highly recommend starting with that, that level, you know, that, that desk mm. side support, get a good foundation of, mm. you know, windows, Mac OS, whatever, whatever you feel you want to go into. And then from there, you can kind of figure out what you want to do. And, you know, a lot of people I talk to young in their career say, you know, how do I get into, you know, InfoSec or how do I get into this? How do I get mm. into that? And 
I always tell them, you know, start at the bottom, start at the help desk or the, you know, desk side support, mm-hmm. find the people in the group that you want to get into and go talk to them. Cause yeah. most of the time the IT people, they're happy to jabber about that stuff all day long, learn from them. Yeah. And then when a position comes open, maybe they'll let you in. Right. Um, it, it's, it's really hard to jump into, you know, these, I'm going to call them higher level positions, whether it be, a, you know, a, a DBA, a sysadmin, a network person or what have you with no experience. So, you know, th- and that's always my recommendation is, you know, get in and go find the people that you want to learn from and, and, and ask them to teach you. Yeah. I literally networking, human networking also. What about the, yeah, absolutely. um, it is kind of scary actually how much people don't know about technology that aren't in technology. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how else. Yes. I don't think I've ever really talked about that. I think we notice it when, when Mark Zuckerberg is on trial. I think that's when we notice it. I think we notice it when we watch old, the, I was watching the old Microsoft YouTube, like the old, like when Microsoft monopoly government, whatever it was, and, and Bill Gates is being interviewed and they're like, do you know what that means? He's like, yeah, I think I know what it means. He's like, I'd be guessing, you know, but they're like asking him, no, what does API mean? He's like, yes, applicant, you know. And um, so, and when I speak with some of my family members as well, just that aren't in technology, they're in, a lot of them are in healthcare. They should know a lot about what's going on in technology, but they're in healthcare or they aren't connected in a certain way. The world's just becoming such a, a weird division and i think technology has a lot to do with this level of communication yeah the 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 more and more connected we become the more and more disconnected we become in my my opinion i mean you know we've got uh, pick your social media platform at your fingertips but less and less are we having that personal one or personal interaction with people right i mean how many times and i'm guilty of this too people would rather text you than pick up the phone and call you or they would rather send you an email. I'm old school. I like to pick up the phone. And call I love the phone. There. I love the phone. It's one of the reasons why I make this show audio only. Love the phone. Yeah. I, I again, I'll, I I love to talk to, but uh, some people are. I'll, Sometimes I'll you get a call them. and you're like shocked. You're like, dude, you yeah. called me. You know, like I think, I'll, and it's another thing too. You being the vendor whisperer. It back in the day, it used to be. Like so many calls, your phone was ringing off the hook. There's voicemails left all the time. Do you get that as much anymore? Uh, on or do you get a bunch of emails phone, and spam? Or do you get more email and spam? I get more emails and spam than I do calls. I used to get a lot of calls because I think the old telecom guy, when I first came to CK, I don't think he liked yeah. me uh, <laughs> because he gave me the, the, the old VP's phone number. And, and apparently that guy would just, pick up the phone and talk to anybody and say, Hey, come on in, you know, pitch your product to me. And so I got calls for months. <laughs> uh, nice. But, uh, I don't, I don't answer the phone if, if people call me, honestly, uh, unless I recognize the number. Uh, sometimes I, sometimes I, it just depends on the mood I'm in. Sometimes, sometimes people get me at the right time and I'm just like, yeah, fire away. Let's see what you got, man. Yeah. Uh, it's cause it's always like, Hey, you should sell this product. You should sell this product. You should you should feature this. You should feature that. I'm like, ah, oh, that would be endless. I already have six hundred that right. I might know of. The okay, so 
help desk, starting at the bottom, good advice. Not only that, you learn to deal with end users. Has the end user changed over time or is the end user still the end user? End user still the end user. Um, it could be any number. You, they're people. They're all different. <laughs> they're all different. Right, right. Uh, one thing I, I did learn, which has really helped me a lot too, is a lot of times when you're trying to troubleshoot stuff over the phone, you have to learn what questions to really ask and don't mm. assume anything mm. um, because mm. you just, you, you can't assume that one, mm. the other person, the person on the other end knows what, what they're doing. Cause obviously they don't cause they called you to fix it. Mm-hmm. And two, you can say, okay, specifically tell me what this looks like or what does this say? Or what did you click specifically? What did you type in to make that happen? Mm. Um, I, I kind of learned to, to ask those questions and, alleviate a little bit of headache, but sometimes you just can't, you know, some people just, you're, you're better off saying, I'll tell you what, can you go find somebody that is a little bit more tech savvy to help us out here? <laughs> mm, yes. The, well, when my father calls me and my internet's not working, help me out. I'm like, okay, go to the box, trace the power cord to the wall. It's unplugged. <laughs> Plug it in. <laughs> That's 50% of the time. But that's annoying when we have to call. I don't know. Do you have good um, high-level support with your ISPs? Uh, Honestly, I don't don't deal with our ISPs, so I don't really know. Okay. Um, Now, our our ISPs in our corporate office, yes, we do. Mm. Of course, those are, you know, DIA circuits, but... As far as the the circus in the restaurant, I don't ever call the carrier, so I couldn't tell you. Is the is that like a? I'm just curious of hierarchy level. Is that um, something the restaurant people call or what? Like, would they call? Would they actually call in uh, your tier one level support for like, hey, our internet's down? Yes. Okay. Normally, the way the way it's supposed to work is, you know, our our MSP is calling the restaurant first before the restaurant notices. Like they should so, notice. It should be a proactive alert. There's, you know, all that right. type of stuff. Right. right. Exactly. Hey, right. check the router. This, that. Okay, we're opening up a ticket with, you know, whoever Comcast, Time Warner, AT and T. Okay. The, so, I mean, the the way it works is our, our restaurant calls. We have a a, a CK restaurants help desk. Uh-huh. So our restaurants have one number to call for all issues, uh-huh. and then they call our help desk. And if our help desk can't fix it then they'll swivel seat it over to you know company a b or c whoever they need to what can restaurants do to use technology as a business force multiplier and make more money um well two things digital and data are king right now so what i mean by that is um when COVID hit, we all found out how important it is to be on the delivery platforms. Uh, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. CKE Restaurants has had the best two years. The past two years have been the best two years we've had in, in, in a couple of decades. Smoking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. uh, you've got to have you've got to have your digital platforms down, whether it be you're on you know the the major delivery plat, uh, platforms. You've got to have an app. Everybody expects you to have an app. Um, you've got to have online ordering. And not only that, that app has got it. That app better be easy to order. Yep. 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 That's it better be easy you... to order on that app because it annoys yep. me. If I'm trying to order a bunch of hamburgers for my kids on McDonald's app and it's down the street and it doesn't geolocate and I end up ordering at another restaurant or any other number of things. And I'm in technology. Right. So if it's hard for me, <laughs> I can imagine if people that aren't technology savvy. You know. Yeah. So your your user experience has to be good because you 
you know, you're not going to get too many chances to get that right. Uh, and we we actually just launched a, did a soft launch on our, our Hardys and Carl Jr. app mm-hmm. uh, several months ago. We haven't publicized it yet, so it's just organically people finding it, and downloading oh, it. I like it's that a soft launch. Don't you love these terms, corporate terms? We use soft launch. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's 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 our beta test before we do a, a national marketing push on it. Uh-huh. Um, and then on on the data side, you're you know getting your customer data, having those platforms in place so you can realize you know you can make decisions based on good data as to instead of saying well i i think that we need to sell this or i think we need to sell that and then on on the other end of that you need to have good back of house systems because two biggest uh, cost centers in a restaurant are people and food Um, if you don't schedule your people right then you've got people just sitting around or you don't have enough people and labor shortages now are terrible. So we don't have people just sitting around because we don't have enough people in restaurants. Mm. And then, you know, you've got general managers making decisions on gut feelings saying, well, I think I need, you know, five cases of hamburgers and two cases of tomatoes. No, no. wait, wait, Wait a minute. According to our sales data here, you only used a half a case of tomatoes last week. So that case and a half went bad. So, you know, the data allows us to make better decisions in restaurant, and then it make, allows us to make better decisions when marketing to our customers, because now we can say, you know, it, it's no secret, right? When you order within the app, we, 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 we keep that data, right? So we, you know, instead of, if, if I know you go in every Monday and buy a, a bacon, West, bacon Western cheeseburger, no sense in me trying to market a, a chicken sandwich to you, right? I know you like a hamburger. Someone market a hamburger to you. Whereas if you don't have that data, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of flying, you're, you're kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Maybe some will, maybe some won't. Again, if you've got that data, you can make better informed decisions. I hate when the app doesn't work. I order a ton of <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. I order a ton of Buffalo. Yeah. I always order the same thing every time. It's like, it's like 50 yeah. wings um, or a hundred. It's 50 or a hundred. That's it. Too many, I've got a bunch of kids at home all eating wings. Um, yeah, the data in the restaurant is huge. It's unbelievable how important the data is from a food cost standpoint, from managing labor down to 15 minute gaps to, you know, there's just so many, it, it's one of the reasons why I got out of restaurant management a long time ago. It is very, very difficult. You're not in restaurant management. You're in IT. So good for you. But being the manager is so difficult in a restaurant when you have a huge yes. staff and your food cost and paper cost. And if I screwed this up and I didn't get along, if, if I screwed up and I missed a case of like large coffee cups, it's just like a disaster. And that's just one of a thousand things going on. And people right. quitting and not screwing up the schedule. It's a very, very, it's a, it's near and dear to my heart for any of those people that are doing it and doing it very, very well. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult. The, I do love when I drive into a Wendy's parking lot and my McDonald's app goes off, feeds me, <laughs> feeds me an ad. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, you know anything sneaky like that going on? Yeah, you know. um, it's like I go into, I drive into the Wendy's parking lot. It's like dun 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 dun, dun and I hear it on my phone. I'm like, what is going on here? This is. They all have your information, purely, everybody. Purely coincidence. <laughs> purely coincidence. I, I promise you, purely coincidence. <laughs> Everyone has your data, people. You, if you logged in, if you're logged into Facebook at the same time, and you've and you've connected your Wendy's app and your Burger King app and all of that, and it's all connected somehow, you're done. They've yep. pixeled you. It's like, well, what about my yep. data? I'm gonna cancel Facebook. That's too late. You're part of the. Exp- <laughs> it's too late. It's, it's too late for everyone. Yeah. I don't give yeah, out my social security t- number. 
here, here's a tip: just because you delete uh, your account doesn't mean the data's gone. Once it's once it's out there in the internet, it's there forever. You can't get rid of it. Yeah, it's true. Unless unless there's some kind of massive like really really massive screw up somehow, and they've it's so redundant. The have you seen the Facebook data centers? I've heard about them. Um, it's not, I've seen like aerial it's pictures insane. of how massive they are. Yeah. Just insane. Um, uh, I had I had one guy on the show before that was in charge of like cabling like the data centers back in like 2013. And that was years ago, and it was unbelievable back then. It's it's I don't think when people look at the app they they see a little thing on their phone. That's what they see. Yep. They see yep. a GUI, some kind of interface. Like ah, oh, it's you know okay, this is how it works. Um, and it's quite amazing what goes into that from it is all the way back from CD-ROM days. <laughs> it is. We actually have a, a Facebook data center being built in the north side of uh, Nashville, where, which is where I'm located. Uh, mm. I, I don't know when they're going to break down. They probably already have, but uh, we've got one. We've got one in the area. So. What is the so. So, again, back to the you got to have your digital and your data now, but what. For small business owner, small restaurant owner, something like that, they got to have an app. Can they build their own app? Is that pretty easy for them to do? What should they do? Not really. Just put it on Yelp. Really. Just go to Yelp and be done with it. <laughs> Grubhub. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are white label services out there where you can just say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap my logo on this app and, and be done with it. Um, I, I don't really. I didn't really get into the the digital piece of it. Again, I'm more of an infrastructure type guy. Yeah. Uh, but. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to get out of my comfort zone. So I was trying to learn as much as I could. So I'm sure there are uh, white label apps out there where you can. Yeah. Or just, I mean, at least put it on Grubhub, you know, the various different ones. There's gotta be some, because there was a lot of things that sunk. A lot of businesses got sunk during uh, COVID and the ones that were prepared, like you said, killed it. It did. Like, so, so I order, so I order, if I'm going to order from, I don't know, Carl's Jr. or something. I can get it delivered. Is it being delivered via Grubhub? How are you guys doing that delivery? I'm just curious. We are all on, yeah, we're on all the major platforms um, for delivery. And then um, it just, it depends on how you initiate that order. If you go to, you know, DoorDash.com, then we have direct integration. I think DoorDash is integrated now. Uh, or let's just say Uber, right? You go to UberEats.com. Mm-hmm. We have a direct integration. We have it will go from Uber, and then we have a, a middle. We're going to call them a middleware company who handles all that, mm-hmm. and then it goes from the, the from the middleware company. It's injected into our POS, and uh, it fires to the POS whenever the driver gets ready. So, because you know, in, in QSR or quick service restaurants, hot food is key. So you don't want to make the food. And have it sitting there for 20 minutes until the driver gets there. Yeah. So we, we, we try to, we, our systems try to be smart enough to say, okay, the driver's three minutes away. I'm, I'm going to fire that order to the, the POS system. The people in the restaurant make it. So ideally what happens is, is that uh, as soon as they finish making it is when the driver's coming in the door, hand it off, boom, you're gone. Um, so that's the, the way that works. And then if you go to, you know, Hardy's.com or CarlsJr.com or through the app and you order, uh, it goes from there to that same middleware provider, and then what they do is they they send it out to whoever's the delivery partners are in the area. It may be again Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub, what have you, and they say, hey, I've got this delivery. What are you going to charge me for? And they and they bid it out, right? And so the three of them would bid on it, and whoever wins wins, and they come pick it up and get it. Mm. Uh, and, and but what I was saying is earlier about the phones in the restaurant is is everybody that's ever ordered food has has had a problem. 
So what do you do in that scenario when you order off our website and you have a problem? You, you don't call DoorDash, you don't call Uber because they're just really, they say, we just picked it up. You know, that's not our problem. So you have to call the restaurant and the restaurants mm -hmm. take care of it. Mm. It's, it's so, quite a maze. Yeah. So we, we and, and uh, giving away secrets here, but we prefer people order from the website. Um, one, because it cuts our, our fees down. And two, we get that we now get that customer data. So what a lot of people don't know is that if you have you know ABC restaurant, and people go to um, you know DoorDash.com and order the food, DoorDash doesn't give you the address. They don't give you the information. They just say, hey, somebody made an order, or picked up an order. Mm. Well, now if you get if you go to our website, we we have your name and your email address. And now we can send you promotions and stuff like that. So that's what we prefer. And it's it's usually a little bit cheaper in general for the end user too. If you mm -hmm. go to not just our website, but if you go yeah, to yeah. any, any, any restaurants website, if, if you don't go to DoorDash and you go directly to like, um, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings.com or Chipotle, Chipotle is a big one that I go to sometimes. You mm -hmm. go to Chipotle.com. It's a little bit cheaper on the delivery fee as opposed to going to DoorDash. Definitely Chipotle app heavily used. Let's look at my apps. Let's just go through. Let's just, you know, let's swap apps. I've got, Number one on my app under food, five guys, then okay. Chick-fil-A, then Jimmy John's, Chipotle, Sonic, Papa Gino's. That's an East Coast thing. You've probably never heard of Papa Gino's. Um, no. Dairy Queen. We don't have Hardee's here. Well, we probably, I wonder where my, where's the nearest Hardee's? I got to Google this. Let me Google this. I'm doing this just because of, just because you're on the show. We are going to go <laughs> directly to the Hardee's website. Or what would be out? Is there any, would it Carl's Jr. or Hardee's? Or is there anything on the East Coast? What would be on the East Coast? Hardee's. Hardee's. Okay. So as, as, as a general rule, east of the Mississippi is Hardee's and west of the Mississippi is Carl's. This is, is going to know this. This would be, I would be fired at your company for not knowing this. They'd be like, you are done. There are nothing in Connecticut. Nothing in Connecticut? This can't be true. You must know. You yeah, must know right. faster. Anywho, Sonic, Papa Gino's, Dairy Queen, McDonald's, Olive Garden's on there. That's honestly a very, that's like, I don't know why that's on there, to be honest with you, but it's on there. Um, Yelp, in general, Buffalo Wild Wings, Firehouse Subs, Raising Canes, absolutely amazing. Oh, Raising Canes. We're, we're getting one of those here shortly here in Nashville. So amazing. I drive to, I'll drive an hour. I'll drive an hour for that. Taco Bell. Really? Wow. Okay. Taco Bell. Okay. Grubhub. So I should do this more often. Tell me your food apps on your phone and I'll see into your soul. Yeah. All I don't, right. have, it. I don't have any. You have none? Oh, this is. None. This, how? There's, that says something about you. What are you doing? This, this says something about what are you doing? You're eating <laughs> kale. Are you eating kale and working for Hardee's? No, I, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm too cheap to pay the delivery fees. I just go pick it up. Okay, but that doesn't mean you can't order it on the app. I just go. Um, yeah, I, I just hit the drive-through. Or honestly, if there's more than three or four people in the drive-through, I'm going inside anyway because I don't want to wait. But. Mm. Uh, I like I, you. I, don't, I, don't I like you. I do that too. I don't. I don't wait in those long, ridiculous lines. I'm like, you kidding? Like, just park. Like, walk in. Look. Yeah. Especially Starbucks. Sometimes it's out of control. The okay. <laughs> so you see, this says a lot. I don't have a single food app on my phone. Amazing. Um, leadership. Back to it. Leadership. How big a team do you have? 
Um, right now, it's uh, myself and one other guy. I've got a, one a network administrator position open, and I Ooh. think I've got another one approved. So, um, oh, two job right openings. Now uh, well, one and maybe a th another one. We're waiting on final budget approval, but uh, for sure, I've got one open. I mean, I can I can open up the floodgates if you want. You want <laughs> where do they have to be? Do they have to be local? Can they work from home? What's the deal? Uh, we're uh, at a hybrid model. It will require them to come into the office sometimes just because there is hands-on stuff that needs to be done, unfortunately. Um, they just need to be in the Nashville area um, just to be able to come in the office every now and then. Is quite a bit of your job on autopilot. How do you, what's your work-life balance like? How do you, do you sleep well at night? Well, I have a nine-month-old in the house, so I sleep okay. Um, mm. he, he doesn't like to sleep all night, all the time, but most of the times he does. Uh, but, you know, we're real big on work-life balance. Um, you know, a lot of people say that, but we, we actually, you know, practice what we preach because we don't want people getting burnt out. We don't want people, you know, not, we don't want people miserable coming in the office. So, you know, our work-life balance is, is pretty good when, um, you know, when, when we work hard, we take a couple of days off and, and recharge and, and do what we do. How do you think people make work fun? How can you make, how can you make work fun in the, I don't know. How, how can it be fun? I think, it, you know, it's a problem in it. People have burnout. People like help desk jobs, yep. burnout. There's whole forums on it. There's whole Reddit forums on, on burnout. There's like depression, like forums on it and depression and, and, and long, you know what I mean? Um, right. Congratulations on the baby, by the way, the Thanks. nine months old, I've, I have eight kids, so I'm I'm past the, wow. the I'm past the. Uh, I remember the first child. The first child, everything's new. So, <laughs> good luck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. Uh, God bless the. You know, everything's new. Every every trip to the hospital is a new thing. Every cough. Every everything's new. So. Right. Right. So right. it, it yes. does keep you up. It's been a, a an adventure. That's a conversation for another day. We'll say. But so, you know, get, yeah. Get, Getting back to, make, to making it fun, I, I think it, it really honestly does start with culture. I know, I know that's a big buzzword where people are talking about culture, 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 but I uh -huh. think it's it, – it, and it starts at the top, right? Um, nobody wants that overbearing boss who's micromanaging, standing over your shoulder and saying, get this done, get this done, get this done with unrealistic time frames and somebody that doesn't understand. Uh, you know, our, our CIO we have now is great. Mm -hmm. um, probably the best CIO I've ever worked for. Sorry for mm. the other CIOs I've worked for are listening here, but – um, you know, to, to tell you what, what type of guy he is, doesn't ro mind rolling his sleeves up and, and helping us out is that we had a, a, an issue here in Nashville a couple Christmases ago that took out a lot of AT&T circuits and we had, you know, AT&T primary and AT&T cell service. So we had some restaurants down within the Nashville area mm. and we had to, we had to get Verizon SIM cards out to get these stores back up and running. Mm. And we had a list of 12 or 13. He said, okay, I'm going to take these four. You take these, however many you take the, and I'm like, wait a minute, our, our CIO is driving to restaurants, swapping out SIM cards. Nice. That's my kind of guy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it starts at the top. Um, you have to, you have to listen to your people and give them what, what they want as much as you can. Um, you got to ask me, you know, where are you? What do you want to do? We do a lot of um, stuff with training is a big thing with us that a lot of people uh, appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, we, because if you, if you don't have the tools to get your job done, then that's, that's a problem, right? And, and you know, a lot of companies don't want to invest in their people. We, we try to invest in our people. Uh, we try to, you know, give them the tools they need to get their job done. And if they can't get their job done, let's figure out why. A lot of it is, you know, mentoring people or just, 
helping them grow and, and showing a path forward, giving them fun, give it, giving them fun things to do at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really, well, a lot of people don't like to that old mundane, same thing every day, boring, 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 boring. All right, let's let's you know, give me some exciting projects you want to work on, and let's let's go do it. Right. Mm. And just a, a fun, you, know, you try to create a, a fun atmosphere as much as you can and, you know, let your people do what they want to do. Let, let them do what they need to do and get out of their way. If they need your, if they need help, help them out. If they don't, let them do their job. I love it. Um, I'd like to end on the CIO swapping out SIM cards because that's like a, I think that, that almost brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> it sounds sad. Yeah. You can imagine like, like, it's like a meme. It should be like the, my CEO drove sim cards out to to swap them out you see a bunch of it guys crying <laughs> yeah i was outstanding uh if you had any um you know i don't know piece of advice for anyone any it leaders people sitting at the help desk uh wanting to grow up in technology was there any big learning moment for you um as far again on the help desk it was more of a I realized don't be shy to ask somebody you're, about something you're interested in. Because again, a lot of IT people, including myself, if somebody wants to talk networking, I'll sit there and jabber about it all day as long as they'll listen. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is for the most part, people are happy to, you know, the, the senior level people are, are usually happy to, to, you know, mentor you or, or teach you whatever you want to know, or at least talk to you about it and mm-hmm. see if you're interested in it. Um, for me, it was more of, Oh, I'm afraid this to ask this guy, he's kind of, or this, Person. A big they're, deal. You know, they're kind of maybe yeah. big deal, intimidating, or oh. the worst they can tell you is I don't have time to talk to you or, or what have you, but <laughs> you know, they're not going to tell you anything if you don't go talk to them. Right? Yeah, so yeah. for me, once I learned that, I'm like, Oh, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And yeah. you may find you're interested in it. You may find you're, now, this is boring as, as all get out. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to go down this path. So we'll go ahead. Um, T- you can test it out. Ask a surgeon how to, uh, I asked my dad once, like, how do you, uh, you know, is it hard to, um, do a kidney transplant. He's like, oh, let me draw a picture for you. It's actually pretty easy. Clamp this, <laughs> clamp this, cut that. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, people do love talking about, hey, what what they chose to, you know, do for a career. Yeah. And as far as leadership goes, um, you know, IT leaders, whether they want to believe it or not, you actually work for the people that you lead. They don't work for you. You're there to serve them. You mm. adopt that mentality, that servant leadership mentality, things will go a whole lot easier. Help your people out because when it comes time, they're going to bust their butt for you. Mm. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. If you like this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with one of your friends. And remember, when it comes to IT, you always need to be dissecting, analyzing, and improving.